0: The more you understand your ideal customer, the more you can speak to that one person, the better the odds are that they're going to say yes and join your course or program or whatever it is that you're selling.
1: Hey, everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person, and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. Today, we are taking one of our first steps in marketing by understanding our customers, doing our ICA research and knowing how to conduct customer insight interviews. This is the episode that will set you up for success as a freelance marketer. The basis of what we're doing is inbound marketing. We are helping our clients attract new customers by creating valuable client, and then being able to sell and create products and services that are tailored to them. It starts with this episode today. Last episode, we talked about becoming a content manager, but at the core of everything we do in marketing is speaking to our audience in the right way. And we do that by doing the research. This is a step- a lot of clients, a lot of baby business owners like to skip. They have this grandiose idea. They think everyone's going to buy into it and they don't do the research. But the research also comes after you've sold a program and you need to gather more intel about your best fit clients. So after the last launch of the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, I definitely had some high flyers. I had some people who immediately put into action what they learned, Grab clients, started working, and those are the people I want to talk to and interview. I want to get to know more about what makes them tick, why they were so successful, what really drives them, so I can attract more people like that. It helps our marketing ecosystem and the sales cycle if we can continuously be thinking with our services, how can we make more money for our client? How can we use this to feed their marketing funnel? So my guest today, Melissa Harstein, is a customer insight strategist. She helps six- and seven-figure course creators close the gap between what they want to say and what their audience actually needs to hear before they're ready to buy. And the result means ideal clients who convert faster and the course or the program continues to grow. People are buying the right product. It does us no good, if you've picked up one thing from this podcast, this series, from our Launch Manager series, it does you no good to buy to people who won't take action, who don't do the thing, who don't have a transformation. Your client's business and your own too is dependent upon results, testimonials, and you need to be gathering that insight all of the time. Melissa's going to break it down. So Melissa lives in a small town in Kansas that's kind of like Stars Hollow. I guess that's a shout out to Gilmore Girls fans. I don't watch the show. I don't know. Is it? That's cool. I used to live in the Midwest, so her and I have already reminisced about the cornfields out there. In her free time, she enjoys a watercolor painting, attending college football games, and blazing through a good book. Now, Melissa's worked with some pretty big names here, and the insight, the things she's sharing is gold. If you've ever started working with a client and they're mad because you haven't captured their voice by Thursday, if you're a social media manager and you're wondering what to post, if you're wondering what to post on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Pinterest, it all comes back to this episode here today. How do we figure out what our audience needs to hear before they buy? How do we extract this knowledge from them in a way that is helpful to our business and organize it? What questions do we ask them? And then Melissa has a really good freebie I want to make sure you grab in the show notes about making the request, the cold pitch to get on a call and talk to you so you don't get crickets so people are actually hopping on a Zoom and giving you their insight so you can help your clients. This is a service that you can add to Be a Souped Up Unicorn. I am all about helping you upsell your services, going what Belinda said in the last podcast, on the path to cash for your clients. When you can add this value, when you understand the marketing mechanisms that are happening here, the deeper meaning of messaging, when you can help your clients collect VOC, see patterns, and you can create strategies. This is how you become a content manager. A content manager is not a button pusher. got to understand what your audience needs to hear. This includes objections, pain points. You need to be able to speak and tell stories that they can relate to and create emotion, empathy, and connection. You do this by interviewing. This is something your client probably doesn't have time to do. So Melissa is here to help. Please connect with her over on Instagram and be on the lookout for her summit that's coming in August about behind the launches. It's all about launch debriefs and you can already see why this fits into the sales cycle because once one group ends. The next one starts. Speaking of which, Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School will be opening again in October. Make sure you're on the wait list so you can join us and be one of our success stories. Learn the marketing foundations so you will be in the position to say yes to the work. And who knows where this journey will take you. It could be something you do part-time while the kids are in school. It could be the beginning of a new agency, a full-time job, maybe a very specialized service like Melissa is doing. All right, let's jump into the interview with Melissa Harstein. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today, kind of kicking off our content series to talk about the ICA, the person behind all of the content we're creating. So would you tell everyone hello, a little bit about you, where you're from, all the good details?
0: Yeah, thanks so much, Emily, for the intro. As you mentioned, I'm a customer insights strategist, which is kind of a unique niche. I don't know many people that do this type of work in the online course creation space, but you know, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to having all these different skill sets and interests and stuff, and just not knowing how to bring all of those things together into one umbrella, like one career. And that was really me as well. You know, I have a background in journalism. I worked as a copywriter. I worked in nonprofit leadership. But it was really when I found this opportunity to help my clients better understand who their best customer is through interviews and figure out how can we better tailor the marketing messages to speak to that person. You know, for me, it was like that aha of like, wow, I found this place where I fit, where my unique talent stack comes together in a way that I can really be of service to, you know, six and seven figure course creators like Jordan Gill and Content Bistro. I love
1: that. And as a fellow journalism girl, like I get it and I, I love it. How did you find that this was the niche for you? Like what happened?
0: You know, I had written several case studies for a good friend of mine, which kind of leverages a similar skill set, right? Like interviewing customers, hearing about their experience, you know, that customer journey, and then turning it into a really compelling piece of content that can be used in marketing. And this friend that I had written case studies for, asked me if I would be interested in doing the research interviews for this launch that she was writing for a course creator. And I said, sure, that sounds fun. (laughs) And it was just so neat to see, like, again, all these different, like critical thinking skills, research skills, interview skills come together into like a career I didn't even know was possible at that time. And I was probably five years into business. You know, it wasn't like this happened overnight. I had done all these different things before I landed on this. And I love sh- I love sharing that detail because I know a lot of times, you know, especially you, if you've had a career in the past in marketing and PR, in some kind of administrative skills, it's like, I've got to figure out my niche today. I've got to figure out what I'm good at. But it's okay. Like it takes time. It's a journey and the journey is worth it. Just like give yourself permission to. To figure it out as you go. Because once you land on it, you're like, yes, this is it. This is so great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. And you know, that's
0: exactly what I
1: teach gaining clarity through experience. And your story is such a good example of just saying yes to the work. And I, I say this all the time to my unicorns our clients don't always want to hire someone new. And sometimes we have these random little side projects that we just need help. We need someone who has the critical thinking skills that you're talking about, the execution skills, and the follow through skills to just take it off our plate. And so you said yes to this. It was already like taught in journalism. You know, you get to connect with people. You're good
0: at it. Like how beautiful. How be- Were you scared at all with the, this request? I don't think so. I, I really don't think I was. I just felt like the natural next step, the natural right fit for me.
1: Yeah. And OK, so let's back up a little bit and tell everybody about why this is so important, what ICA mm-hmm. research is, because I feel like it's so easy for VAs to call themselves a marketing VA and like not really understand the big like flow happening here with our marketing and our messaging. And it all starts mm-hmm. with you like the work you do to talk to the customer to figure out, is this program even viable? What do people want? What pain points does it solve? It all starts with this research. And I know I see it with like clients too, like they all want to skip this step and it sets you up for failure when you do that. So fill everyone in on what this really is.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those steps that, If you do it well, it's going to make you actually more efficient and effective in all of the content and copy that you're creating, whether it's for your own business, whether it's for your clients' businesses, because when you really understand who your best customer is, and can get inside their head, then you can write content or copy that feels like you're reading their minds, right? I often joke that I'm a professional mind reader, but not the clairvoyant kind, I just get really good at asking people questions to know what they care about what they you know what it is that they're thinking about. And I think also that a lot of times when people think about knowing your ideal customer, they tend to lean on demographics thing like my ideal client is in her 30s. And she wears yoga pants and shops at Target and has two kids, you know, And, and those details that are like, external observable traits, whereas I really go deep in the psychographics. So those are the things like, you know, why does somebody want the thing that they want? You know, maybe they're like, hey, I want to lose weight, but why are they motivated to do that? And maybe by talking with your customers and digging deeper, you learn, oh, they want to lose weight because they've got asthma and they stopped working out and their jeans don't fit anymore, right? Like that's the type of detail that you can turn into really compelling stories and content that's going to grab your reader's attention and draw them in, right? But overall, it's like the more you understand your ideal customer, the more you can speak to that one person, the better the odds are that they're going to say yes and join your course or program or whatever it is that you're selling.
1: Yeah. So you're talking to many different people in this process and coming up with themes, right?
0: exactly yeah so things like i want to know is like what are their pain points like what are the things that they're struggling with but not only that you know it's digging even deeper but like what is the motivation behind it like that example i shared earlier you know about why someone might want to lose weight i'm also looking for things like you know what hesitations do they have where is their friction in the buying process i think that's one of the biggest opportunities that we have to improve our sales conversions when we're creating content and copy is just being aware of like what's going on in the customer's head like where is their friction in the buying process one of the customers that i worked with last year her audience kept telling me you know i would love to take this course but i have no idea what it offers me that's different than these other like three courses that i've already taken because there was more competition in the marketplace and so all of a sudden their audience is like i don't understand what's different about this and so that's just like a simple tweak right just doing a little bit of research like figuring out how their course is different and how the customer perceives that difference and then pulling that into your content strategy and all of a sudden that hurdle is overcome or like I worked with someone who was selling a gardening course and their clients are like, well, I don't know if this is actually for me because I live in Colorado and it's a really cold climate and I can't garden, you know, more than a few months of the year. Should I really be investing like five figures in this program? And, you know, just by speaking to that hesitation, they were actually able to increase signups because people weren't just wondering, oh, is this for me? Is it not for me because of where I live?
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. And that just directs your content strategy when you're thinking in terms of, I don't know, I do a lot of content that I can come back and reference, right? People are asking me, how do I get started? Well, I don't want to keep answering that same question. So I have a strategic YouTube video. I have a couple of blogs. Like I can start to use this in my FAQ database as well because it's been this reoccurring theme. That was a really simple example, but I, I just want people to start to see how that can just be a good low hanging fruit strategy when you don't really know where to start and you're getting these common questions and themes and objections, like you said. So, okay. One thing that I come across and you and I have talked early before this is yeah. So what do you do with someone like me who has multiple people who are successful and it's not just like marketing advice is like speak to that one person. So you're finding the themes across that same pool of people, right? Even though they're coming from different situations and backgrounds and journeys
0: exactly and sometimes you know there may be a common thread that you can discover by having these conversations with your customers or prospective customers but sometimes you may find that there are actually two distinct customer segments and it would be better to like address them separately in your content so for example with that gardening course, I mentioned earlier, like one customer segment was beginners, they were just like interested in gardening as a hobby. Whereas the ideal client for this program was actually more advanced, they were thinking about making a career out of becoming gardening coaches. So the questions on their mind, right, the things that they needed to know before they made this decision to make a complete career change was very different than someone like me who just loves gardening. And it's really fun. And, you know, be cool to like sell my stuff someday but that's like not my primary goal. Right. And so I think being aware of like these different skill levels, just various segments of of different kinds, it helps you really dial in your copy to speak to that person who's like most likely to say yes for your offer.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you have an opportunity for almost two different offers or sales pages or just promo sequences in general, or you just marry
0: one and you pick one, right? (laughs) Exactly, all of those things are options depending on you know, your unique offer and kind of where it makes the most sense to line it up. I think a lot of times I see it in people who are creating like nurture sequences in between launches, and they'll segment their list by skill level by topic, like whatever that thing is to really make the content that they're putting out there even more like focused and specific for that person. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's kind
1: of what we do with the quiz funnels. We're able to segment based on pain point or results too, but I would love to just like have something that complex. Like that sounds so cool. Cause I get people who are more creative and some are analytical and they both need to be spoken to like slightly different. Okay. So what I like about your business, you do a lot of like after the course has launched, right? Like Mm -hmm. when is the best time to be interviewing people? And tell us more about
0: that. Yeah, I think it's best to interview people just a couple of months after the course is launched, like you said, because the reasons that people decided to make the purchase are really going to be fresh and top of mind for them. Because if you wait too long, you know, you may ask, you know, what was going on in your mind when you first started thinking about learning about a topic like this or joining a course like this, and they may not remember if it's been too long. But also, you know, it's it's a good time if you're seeing a decrease in your conversion rates. And you've launched that course several times, right? Maybe the first time it was like gangbusters. It was, you know, selling like crazy. And then the second time the sales were pretty good. But then all of a sudden the third time, something shifted, something changed. And you're like, what is going on here? Is it just the market? Is it like, you know, the algorithm? Is it me? Is it my audience? And so that's where you can go in and talk with your customers and figure out like what is top of mind for them today, you know, because maybe Maybe they're being more thoughtful about how they spend money, right? Mm -hmm. They're still spending money, but they're just taking more time to make that decision and they're looking for more information, more details to really feel good about that decision. So if you can provide them that information and the details they're looking for, again, you're removing some of that friction in the buying process, which leads to more sales, more conversions, faster conversions for you or your client.
1: Now, is this something that you're using as testimonials and case studies, or is this more of the groundwork that you do behind your marketing and your
0: messaging? It's primarily the groundwork, but one of the kind of ways that you can repurpose it after the fact is turning it into testimonials and case studies. Just making sure that you go back and get permission from the person you interviewed since you're, you know, kind of using their original feedback to you in a slightly different context. Just want to make sure you get signed off on that. But definitely most of my clients end up using these interviews in that way as well with the testimonials and case studies.
1: Yeah. Cause how masterful you use it at the beginning and you use it at the end, but anytime you can repurpose And feed the content machine like awesome. Okay, cool. I wasn't quite sure like what you do. So what is the sweet spot with number of interviews and how many people you talk to how frequently when I know you talked about, you know, a couple weeks after the course wraps up, but it also sounds like I'm kind of like all over the place here. You don't want to do it too early, right? They need to like get through the course and actually have some feedback for you. But what is that sweet spot?
0: Yeah, I typically do 10 interviews and I'll do a mix of both customers and people who showed interest, but decided not to buy, right? Cause if you could really understand that segment of people and like, maybe it's just something simple of like, oh, they made this assumption that this gardening course wouldn't work for them because they live in Colorado. And all I gotta do is just speak to that. And then all of a sudden these, this pool of people is like, yeah, this is for me, this is great. You know? So you're saying that it's so important to interview
1: people who don't buy, which is freaking genius. I hope everyone listening is getting a light bulb moment. But how is this different than the post-why-did-you-buy survey?
0: Yeah, so surveys especially that type of survey, it's really hard to get people to actually answer it. But what I recommend when you're interviewing non-buyers is extending like a one-to-one invitation to them to just hop on a quick call. So maybe go back through like your Instagram DMs, for example, and see who is asking questions. Or, you know, if you're doing like a webinar, like looking through the chat transcript or the Facebook group, like comments, right? And saying like, who was asking a whole bunch of questions and then decided not to join the course or program message those people directly and say, hey, this is not a sales call <laughs> make that very clear. I'm just interested in like learning more about you know why people are interested in this course or not interested so that I can better serve my audience would you be interested in just hopping on a quick 30 minute zoom call with me. No pressure, show up as you are, very candid, very casual. I'll just ask a few questions like blah, 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 blah. You can list them out. What do you think? Are you interested? And I think it's if you're super clear and doing that one-to-one invite, people will be more likely to say yes and hop on that call with you. Okay, does it need to be me? Can it be someone on my team? Oh, it can totally be someone on your team. Just make that clear up front because I've had people hop on calls with me thinking that they were talking to my client and then they're, I mean, they still talk with me, but they're just a little bit disappointed. Like, Oh, I wanted to talk to this this star who I see on YouTube every day. And it's just you,
1: I don't know who you are. (laughs) Yeah. They think they're getting some FaceTime and exchange. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. And what's funny is I've actually done a couple of these calls for clients like a couple of years ago. And it was amazing how they would tell me stuff they probably wouldn't have told her because they want to protect her and they don't want to hurt her mm-hmm. feelings. But I can kind of gatekeep and filter that and deliver it in a nice, sweet, like, we should do this way. And so <laughs> I think there is a benefit to, you know, no offense, the nameless person doing it, right?
0: That <laughs> happens to me all the time where people, they even just like ask, is so-and-so going to actually watch this video? And I'm like, maybe, maybe not, probably not. And then they just share something that is constructive feedback. But- they maybe wouldn't feel comfortable sharing, you know, with the business owner directly. (laughs) Yeah, because
1: I think at the heart of it, we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But like, I like when I get asked opinions, and I have something like, positive to say, and I care about that business owner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me tell you this, we're doing a few like interviews posts, getting ready for our launch, right? And Mm -hmm. so one of the things I'm trying to get people to talk to me about is like, how is this other course different? Because a lot of people come Mm -hmm. to me and they're like, wish I would have known you first. I'm like, okay, I need to like, I need to pull some of this apart and figure out what it really is. But then let me tell you, girl, just getting people to get on an interview when they freaking know me or like turn in a video. I know like a lot of us are introverts and don't really want to be visible when we're behind the scenes. But what can we say to get somebody to be on the call and I'm queuing you up because I know you have a
0: freebie to help us. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes the hardest part of doing these interviews is just getting people on the call in the first place. So how do you do that? And as you mentioned, I have this freebie that I'm giving away with my email template that I use when I'm sending out requests to do interviews. So you can get that at bit.ly/unicorns-unite. And I know that direct link will be in the show notes as well, but I not only give you the words to use in the email, but why it works. Because when you understand why it works, you can then apply that to other, even if you're just asking someone in a chat like you and I are right now, hey, would you be interested in doing this interview? You know how to phrase that request in a way that's more likely to get a yes. Yes, I love that. And that's
1: called how to get them on the call. This is the biggest hurdle. I feel like my calendar management is the next one, like finding the time to do it. Do you use like Acuity or let them book a link with you and do that kind of process. Okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. I use HoneyBook personally, but I set it up where, you know, I have like a five day window, let's say for these interviews and in the email invite, I say, are you available between these days for a 30 minute Zoom interview, right? Like making it really clear and making it really easy for them to say yes or no. And then I just, you know, they choose from whatever my availability is in that window and that's that. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads, networking, advanced trainings, and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals. We'd love to have you use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. All right, back to the show. So once they book do you have any insight on how to conduct this interview and I'm really curious about like the logistical process of it (laughs) and also being systematic so we can find it again and use it again because I feel like there's gonna be such gold in here that when you are not launching when you're in the nurture season, you could tap into it for content and content ideas.
0: Yeah, so I always recommend recording the interview, whether it's on something like Zoom or Google Meet, whatever your normal video platform is, and then create a transcript of the conversation as well. So there's a few different ways you could do that. You know, after the fact, you could upload the video into software like Otter. Um, that's a really popular AI transcription software. But recently, I just like in the last two weeks discovered a free app called Fathom, yeah. and it yes, it's so great. To me, it's way more accurate than something like Otter. It's only available for Zoom, but it'll actually transcribe your call while it's happening and you can even click a little button to like highlight something really juicy that they said so that that is there for you to go back to later. Because not only do you want to record the video, but when you can see their words like staring back at you like in this transcript after the fact, it's a lot easier to go back and find those trends, right? I like to just like highlight, like this is a really juicy quote and I could turn this into, you know, a really awesome Instagram reel, for example, or this is a really deep pain point. And I saw this like three different places and three different interviews. So I might highlight that in the Google Doc transcript and like leave a comment to myself of hey, pay attention. Like this is a trend going on, right? So having that transcript is really, really important to this process.
1: Oh, I love that. And then I like to turn around and use those exact words as a subject line or a hook on Instagram. And that's when people are like, write me back and they're like, this was so me. Like, I know, because I stole it from you.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I always say like the best words are going to come straight from your customer's mouth. Yeah, that's
1: so gold. I've played with Fathom a little bit. Tracy Patterson shared that here as a discovery call tool on the podcast. And then you can mark the objections and come back and study it and get better with it. And honestly, I don't use it enough. I really should because I need that system to be streamlined. Like I upload, I do the otter way you talk about. And then it's like
0: one more step I have to worry about. <laughs> Exactly. That's the other reason why I decided to change over is because the video and the transcript are in one place, one link, easy and done. And you know, when I'm doing this for my clients, I actually have like a a document that I set up ahead of time. And it says like, interview transcripts or interview videos, right. Mm -hmm. And I list out all the names 12345, you know, through 10. And then all I have to do is just drop the link in that document, send it off to my client, easy and done. It makes it frictionless for everybody.
1: Oh, that makes me feel good because I think that's how I organized some interviews like a couple launches ago. I'm like, let's just kind of put it all here. So that's great. Okay, so anyone can get on a call and read some questions, but like your magic is not being able to pull out the themes and this report you deliver. Before I get to that, (laughs) hang on. Okay, can you give us like one of your juiciest questions that you like to ask on interviews?
0: Yeah, the question I always start with is, take me back to the day when you first started thinking about XYZ. What was happening? And there's several reasons I ask that question. One is simply that it just puts me at ease. Because if I ask it every time, I don't have to like feel awkward about like, what am I going to say? How are we going to start this conversation? Right? Again, it's one of those like friction points and actually getting the interviews done is like, I don't want to feel awkward. <laughs> so if you ask the same question every time, straight up, is easy but the other reason that this question in particular is so effective is because it really anchors the person that you're talking to in a specific moment in time right like take me back to that day when you first started thinking about this so it also reveals the customer journey because they may have started thinking about it two years ago or six months ago or whatever but they didn't actually make the decision to buy until much much later that's actually one of the things that I found with one of my clients. She's a photographer who teaches other photographers how to get their dub set up and automated through this course. And we found that her audience was actually hearing her speak at conferences and and being sold like right away on the course like this is so cool i love this but here's the thing a lot of them did not buy right away it wasn't until they were in like the really really busy season in their business in the fall all the family photo shoots before the holidays and they're so busy that the back end of their business is just complete chaos everything's falling apart and they're just like I cannot do this anymore. I cannot live like this. I've got to get the back end of my business in order. And then in January, when things finally slowed down from the chaos, that's when they decided to buy her course because they had time to implement it. Right. So there's this whole sales cycle happening even before that point that that person made the decision to buy it. But you would never have known that that started, you know, three months ago, six months ago, if we hadn't done those customer interviews. And so what my client was able to do with that was create a seasonal marketing campaign in the fall and start dropping the seeds for when her customers were ready to buy in January. And I know that that was really effective for her. Oh,
1: my God, that's brilliant. I love that story. (laughs) Wow, that's so interesting that they, you know, had to hit their own personal rock bottom, even though they had the tool. But I mean, isn't that like an overall marketing lesson too? We have to kind of be in some kind of like immediate pain. We have to have that
0: urgency and that urgency was their pain. (laughs) Exactly. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't that they didn't understand the value of the course until they were in that moment of pain, they understood the value right away. They just weren't ready to buy and do the work to implement what they were learning in the course until it was like this, like do it or die kind of moment, not literally die, but you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so fascinating. And now what's going on in my brain right now is I'm just thinking about launch debriefs, right? And we go in there and we're like, how long has Susie Q been on my email list and which lead magnet did she come from? But that doesn't give us that psycho awareness that you're talking about. I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it a word. But we need to know where they were and then what finally spurred the action. Like that's the key so you can recreate it. And I love that you can balance out the sales cycle with that too the seasons like you were talking about and then not set yourself up for failure with a failed launch duh because you're trying to launch when people are at their worst which is one reason why I don't open my doors the first week of school you see a lot of September launches and I I wait till October because I'm like moms need a week to have some mimosas I don't know get a pedicure and just like tune off their brain and then we can start thinking about like the next thing
0: Totally. And that's, again, you may not even be aware that there is that seasonal rhythm in your audience without having these conversations and hearing it straight from their mouths.
1: Okay. So anyone can sit down and have an interview, ask these questions. Uh, There's definitely an art to connecting with people and pulling out the juiciness from them, which I know your journalism background helps, but like where your, your gold is in the service you offer is coming back and pulling out the themes. And I think that's what we lack in this service provider space where people are like done did the job, and you're taking it the next steps and seeing the, you know, insight to the sales cycle that you saw. So what does your deliverable look like? Because you do offer the service and I want everyone to know, like, maybe you need to send your clients over to Melissa. What does that look like? What does your end product look like?
0: Yeah. So there's kind of two parts to this final strategic recommendations report that I create. And the first section is just kind of these high level insights. Like I just mentioned, you know, for example, your audience is very seasonal. So I recommend that you, you know, do some kind of a marketing campaign in the fall to seed that idea when they're at their moment of like heightened awareness, heightened pain, you know, of their problem, so it's things like that. And then the second part of it is this messaging guide where I'm kind of capturing all of these pain points, all of these desires, these hesitations, these real transformations and outcomes in one place. And I even had a client take that piece of it that messaging guide and turn all of the insights into a solo podcast episode. So she had an entire year 52 episodes of content planned out just by taking this messaging guide and turning each insight into like a topic and she knew it was relevant for her audience. And she knew it was going to like move the needle in her audience's buying journey because these were the things that they needed to know like they were most top of mind. Oh my God, I love that. And
1: you know what the most frustrating thing is working with any kind of marketer or copywriter is you sit down and you have this big like, meeting with them and they kick off call and they're like, hand everything over. And you're like, I don't. Like you, you have to do the work that you're talking about in order to be successful with these other marketing assets. But yet we all skip that. And the copywriter, just as an example, I mean, not really the ones I work with, but a couple of years ago, they would just be like, okay, tell us the insights. What do you know? And I'm just kind of like making stuff up, pretty new at business. I don't have it all shirt sure up, but this is so effective because you turn around and make it a content strategy too, and you're doing the legwork.
0: It is freaking time consuming. Exactly. And I've talked to so many of my clients team members or contractors who have said oh my gosh you made my job so easily i wish i had this all the time i wish i just had this document that i could just take and like turn into like really effective linkedin content or into a really effective podcasting strategy or whatever it is right like it's it's so valuable for the person who's implementing the strategy at the end.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what I'm posting and you're new, it's because you don't have the research done. Your client Mm -hmm. probably hasn't turned this over to you. And I know every single social media manager listening to this is like, yes, (laughs) it would be so much easier (laughs) if I had this thing. I mean, I know we can do like little forms of collection of this and we can pick our client's brain and we can kind of run with it. But this is a much deeper level you're talking about here. And- And it's the paying, best, right, fit, ready buyers. Exactly. So what's another good tip you have for creating content with this ICA research?
0: You know, I think that a lot of times we're scrolling through Instagram and everything sounds the exact same. Or we've been in business for a few years and it just all of a sudden, our content starts to sound really robotic. And by doing these interviews, you can get really fresh, unique like standout ways of explaining a concept or, you know, really unique stories that make your reader go, Oh, I get it. This makes sense now. Like, I was doing an interview and my client's client said, I want to take this course like learn how to create an effective vip day because my business is like a mess i'm crazy busy all the time i don't have time to like talk to my son when he gets out of school and i just want to read all these books behind me on my bookshelf that i've collected for years and i never get to read right like emily you and i are pointing at our bookshelves right now just like this lady did when i was interviewing her like that's so Relatable. Everybody does that, you know? And that's the type of thing you could turn into a piece of content that makes the reader go, oh, yeah, yes, you get me. You understand me. Yeah. And
1: I'm so sick of the message of, I'm going to be frolicking on a beach in Bali because that's not my person either. Honestly. The marketing nerds unite. We just want more time to read our fiction books. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm currently reading David Sedera. So I guess it's like, you know, nonfiction here. Oh, that is so brilliant. And I I have these moments like, okay, I think copywriters are some of the wittiest, smartest people on earth. Like I love being around them. Like they've got the, the funny brains, right? They outwit each other all the time. And I was looking over my own sales page that copywriter Jess Brooks helped me write And she had the funniest little sayings in there. And one of them was something about, you know, cheaper than the Book of Mormon tickets. And I was like, she got that from me. I told her that. Like, no way did she just like, Book of Mormons, I'm going to plop that in here. Somebody who can spend extra money to go to an off-Broadway show. And I just love the specificity in that. I know that's kind of a bad example because it is me. But I'm like, oh, this is why these copywriters look so smart. They're just like tapping into things other people said.
0: Exactly. It's like instead of sitting down with a blank page, trying to be like, okay, brain, come on, come up with an idea, figure out what to say. You open this voice of customer document where you've gathered all of these insights in one place from the interviews that you've done, and you just like scan through it and say, oh, this quote right here, this would be a really great piece of content. All of a sudden, I've got my hook, I've got my headline, I've got my example to back up the thing I'm trying to say, right? It's like this living, breathing reference document that you can use to make all of your content sound more exciting and, and vivid. <laughs>
1: oh my God. Well, you know, I'm sold on this. So my big question for you, what does our audience need to hear from us now? Like now that you've done the research and you're creating content and now we're kind of rolling back into a launch, what do they need to hear from us before they're ready to buy? What kind of content should we be putting out there so they're ready to
0: buy? I think that one good thing to be aware of is whether your audience is primarily driven by solving a problem. and dealing with a pain point? Or are they driven by the desire to take something good and make it even better? Right? Because if you're talking to an audience that's like, I'm just curious, I love copywriting, I want to learn more about it, you know, that emotional tone is very different than you're struggling through, you know, blank page syndrome and coming up with the right things to say, like knowing where your audience is starting from is so key so that you can match not just the language, but the tone to where they're at. I just have to say that is brilliant. And I cannot help but
1: self reflect and think about me. And one thing I got off the phone with the copywriter is like, I do so much better with the VA who's already started and is accidentally doing the work mm-hmm. and they just want to do better. And you just like, bling, light bulb for me. God, thank you. I mean, it, but I can still solve problems and help people start businesses, but that is a different deep desire. I mean, that's what we're speaking And mm-hmm. Also somebody who intrinsically is motivated and always wants to do their best because they care because they're building a business. This isn't just like mm-hmm. a side hustle and like play money. So, wow, that was really gold. So, Melissa, are you taking on clients now for this? How can we work with you?
0: yeah i am you can visit my website at melissaharstein.com to learn more or just send me a message on boxer at mharstein, and we'll just chat kind of about what you're seeing right now in your business kind of where there might be some gaps in your knowledge of who your best customer is and and what kind of messages they need to hear before they buy from you and then as we mentioned earlier emily i do have that free gift for your listeners that email template called how to get them on the call. And so you can get that at bit.ly slash unicorns dash
1: unite. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I cannot wait to download that and give that to my team because I see so many people in these large Facebook groups and they're like market research question. And then no one answers it. I'm like, you're not doing it the right way. And then they go back to like their business coach and they're like, no one's answering my question. And so the key right here that's going to unlock everything, how you talk to people, how you engage them, how you like cold pitch them, and you have to make it where something's in it for them too, right? So, oh my gosh, any parting words when it comes to customer insights?
0: Yeah, s- start before you you think you're ready, because as we've mentioned throughout this episode, it really is the thing that can help you work smarter, not harder, because this like toolbox that you have, it's like a Swiss army knife, you know, you're not just gathering the interviews, you're not just gathering the quotes, you're not just gathering these trends, right, of like, what the pain points, you know, friction is in the buying process. But you're giving yourself a place to go back to, to find a treasure trove of, of stories of examples. And not only that, you not only have the information, you know, how to put that in front of your ideal client in a way that makes it more likely that they're going to say yes, faster which improves your sales and just makes you happier because you're working with more perfect fit students so totally worth it even though it seems like a lot of work it's very much worth it oh my gosh thank you so
1: much for having us we'll see you over on Instagram and I'm gonna go ahead and plug this you have a summit coming up you want to tell everyone about
0: that I know it's a little bit early but let's see that in there and tell us what you're doing yeah so and throughout the month of August 2023, I'm having an audio summit called Your Next Launch is Only as Good as Your Last Debrief. And so we're going to be talking about all of the different things that you can be looking at after the launch in order to improve the results, right? Because I think a lot of people are doing these debriefs, but maybe they don't know what information they should be looking at or even how to translate the numbers and the data into really effective strategies that get better results. It's like you could look at all the information and not know where to focus. And so if you want to learn more about that, just send me a message on Instagram or on Voxer, like I mentioned earlier, and I'll be sure to drop that link and send that to you as soon as the event is live in August. Yeah. And get on both of our email lists, get on my
1: email list. I'll be emailing you about it in August too. It's just a little early now, but I want to bring it up because this is going to be so freaking good. And you can already see the goal of this podcast is to make you all souped up marketing assistants, whatever that is, managers, strategists. And it starts right here with this episode. So I am so grateful for you sharing. I mean, you delivered such good content today. It's going to make the rest of this podcast series like just set up for success. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Emily.
1: Oh, I hope you learned so much. I hope you're feeling inspired and ready to ask your clients to hand over the customer insights to do their ICA research. And I hope you can step up and help. Melissa's taking on clients. If your client needs more help and you're maxed out, this is way above scope. You need someone to help pull out the themes and the strategies. Melissa does this beautiful report that comes with a gap analysis and strategic recommendations. Encourage your client to hop on a call with her if you think they're going to be a good fit. And I must remind you, it behooves you to do it near the end of your client's program, especially if their bread and butter is all in one program. This is pretty much a requirement that these interviews are happening. Okay, if you enjoyed this podcast, please tag Melissa and I over on Instagram. Go grab her freebie, that email template, how to get them on the call. So you can book those customer interviews on behalf of your client. Like I said, this is a service I used to do too. I just didn't know it. It could absolutely be something you add on and you upsell, charge more for. If you loved this podcast, please, five-star reviews are always helpful. Tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about this opportunity to work from home to do marketing work. They don't need to be intimidated. They just sometimes need to be sent in the right direction, have their eyes open to this matrix that exists, all of the work that can be helpful. And can you imagine... Being able to create content, being able to help a business owner who has a mission and a vision that's aligned with you and what you like doing. I'm just thinking of one of our UDMA students, Brittany Barber, who was on a podcast earlier, who had the teacher background, who now works with a client in a STEM-related course, and she's able to marry the digital marketing, the online business support, with her passion of educating young children. How glorious is that? I want that for you and just know it's possible. If this is hitting home, if you're already doing marketing, if you're creating content for your clients, you are a marketer, you're a freelance marketer. Come apply for the Digital Marketers Workgroup. We are opening it again in June. We are taking applications now and we'll let you know in June. We'd love to have you. Community, advanced marketing training, networking opportunities, eyes on your stuff, encouragement and job leads all inside the Unicorn Digital Marketers Workgroup. Apply now. All right, I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks these are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com services. If you've ever been with a new client, oh, God, that sounds like sexy. Hold on. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Why did I say remind me to never say that again? <laughs> Not appropriate workplace behavior. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Let's start over. Now I'm going to start crying out of laughter. Doing – I just lost my
0: train of thought. <laughs> it's
1: okay. I'm you laughing. asked me like two questions.
0: You asked about like <laughs>
1: – a sweet spot. You said 10 interviews. So you're doing 10 interviews.
0: Yeah. But then I think you would ask like a second part to your how many interviews, <laughs> and, the says, worst. and that was the piece I tried to answer that I don't remember now. Maybe we can just move on from there. You no, know,
1: this is going to be on the bloopers. But we're like two J school girls who don't know how to interview. I mean, it's really me. I know <laughs> well, I'm the well,
0: it's because we were doing deep work of a different kind. Both of like, I was writing website copy this morning for someone, and so yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you see my eye bags. You you can already read. Oh my yes. Face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're good. Oh my god.